evening and welcome to Transatlantic History Ramblings with Lauren and Brian. I'm Lauren from Swansea in the United Kingdom and with me, as always, is... It's Brian in Buffalo, New York, USA, one of the few places on the East Coast not devastated by the hurricanes. Um, Before I get to asking how you are, Lauren, I want to say to everybody out there in uh, Louisiana in uh, maryland in new york and new jersey you know i hope you're safe take care of yourselves you know we'll get things up and running for you again soon but um thinking about ollie and hoping everybody's safe it uh what a disaster have you been watching the news lauren um yes yes we we, um it is so devastating the the hurricane season there um oh gosh this is this must have been about 10 years ago now. You know, when the last hurricane that hit New York, my friend was stuck in New York. How bad? How, it's horrible. I, I was, uh, it's funny because I'm on the other side. For those of you who aren't familiar with the map of New York, New York City is way, 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 way on the coast. And if you go all the way to the very tip of the other side of the state is Buffalo. So I'm as far away from New York City as you can get and still be in the same state. Um she was okay. She had a she she wasn't too angry because she had an additional week in New York, but she said it was quite creepy because it was like a ghost town. Well, yeah, an additional week in New York when nothing's going on is kind of kind of poopy. Um, yeah, but it's it's spend a week in New York or be in work. True. Now, that last one from 10 years ago, that was so bad that the residual effects of it did hit us all the way here in Buffalo. Uh, the high winds, the it wasn't hurricane-like, but severe storms, heavy rainfall, high winds. This time, thankfully, you know, if I had something wouldn't to knock on, that uh, nothing hit here. But uh, I've had some friends in uh, Louisiana who um, I finally heard that they're okay uh, they're homeless right Isn't now. That what, but is that where Q is, Louisiana? Uh, no, Quincy is in um, Jackson, Mississippi. He's okay. He's okay. I talked to him the other day. Yeah. He was so happy that he heard his name mentioned on the show. <laughs> uh, well, we've mentioned it again. Yes, Q, we're always talking about you. Not the Q conspiracy theory, but the one and only... Quincy Shelton of the Talk to Q radio show, a favorite of ours and uh, yes. one of my favorite people in the world. The love you, brother. But how are you, Lauren? I'm okay. Yeah, I had an interview for a job today. Yeah, I don't know if I'm in favor of this. What? I think that this job could be very dangerous for you. That's what I mean. It could be the best thing I've ever done or very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could mm-hmm. see you racking up massive debts, <laughs> going bankrupt, having to move into a new home just to have more space. Uh, tell the people what what you're trying to what job you went for. Um, I went for a bookseller's position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think you surrounded by books. That'd be like you know me going to work at a pizza shop. It's no, be like you guys working dust. Well, I would take a second job there if you got a discount. <laughs> but 
don't yeah, take a minimum contract and be just like, yeah, I just want the um, X amount of hours a week just so I could have the discounted wings. Yeah, just wings. That's all I want. Um, I was at Duff's the other day. That's the original Duff's Chicken Wings, the best wings in the world, not just Buffalo, but the world. And um, yeah, I told them we talk about them a lot on the show. And, uh, you know, they're going to put up a little thing in the... Uh, in, in the restaurant, I think, is heard on transatlantic history ramblings. They should, because, yeah. Because until it, because I took my bag everywhere and then it broke because I took it everywhere. Well, there's another one right here now. <gasps> oh, yay! You're going to have to so, clean yeah, the cat yeah. hair off it, though. <laughs> That's okay. Cleo has adopted okay. it. She's just leaving presents. So, yeah. for me. Like, so I remember her. Oh, yeah. She knows no one could forget her. Oh! Yeah, her car- Lauren, I got what? a joke for you. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, no. It's not. What do you call a waffle on a beach in California? I don't know. What do you call a waffle on a beach in California? San Diego. <laughs> I told you it was a I good one. Know. Oh dear. Yeah, that's the way, that's 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 where my head is right now. Um Yeah. Isn't that a great joke? It is a great joke. And speaking of things that are great, the reception we're getting on Mothman. Oh my god. I thought we'd get <laughs> Apparently, though, it was inappropriate of me to ask you if if you thought Mothman was wearing pants. Oh my goodness! See now, last week, last week they were like, "Oh, Lauren's saying that Brian's obnoxious. How dare she?" And now they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we have a problem with Brian asking about pants <laughs> on a cryptid." Even my mother called me and said, "Brian, why would Mothman be wearing pants?" Exactly. Why would Mothman be wearing pants, Brian? To hide his ding-ding. He's a cryptid. He may or may not have one. They may lay eggs. We don't know. Yeah. How do we know it's Mothman if he did, if he, you know, if he had pants on? It's a mystery. We, exactly. I don't know. And anyway, isn't it, isn't it, shouldn't it be Moth person? Well, in 2021, (laughs) yes. Do not assume Mothman's gender. Exactly. Do not assume his gender. How rude of you. Uh, How is your mum? Because um, she she got hurt by an EVP. She did. She did. She got hurt <laughs> by an EVP. Um, she's good. Uh, she um, very curious about the Mothman now. Um, she had never heard of the Mothman. So is she back to rabble rabble rousing in her in her apartment block? Oh, of course. I love their stories. And I now really she's do decided she joined a she joined a card club. She's playing cards a couple days a week with a bunch of other old bats. Well, she's not an old bat. No, she's of not. Of course a bat. not. No, but no. now she's playing because I feel because bad Neil's for those gonna women. Be, Neil's going to be your new daddy. <laughs> daddy, daddy, Neil. <laughs> oh, what a terrifying image that is, isn't it? <laughs> Well, she's quite taken with it, wasn't she? Well, she is. <laughs> she did ask when Neil is coming back on, and I said, soon, mother, soon. 
but not yet, because we're going to do more Mothman. We got a hell of an episode coming up tonight. Oh, I can't wait to talk to our guest tonight, Lauren. And uh, we got some other goodies in store, but, you know, um, it's my time of the week to bitch about things that piss me off. Uh, why? <laughs> All right. So the building I'm living in, they're doing all these like massive like like re- remodelings, like because these buildings are like you know old and crumbling. Are they putting you into it? Well, one of the things they're doing is they're redoing the hallways, so they're like tearing up the floors and putting new flooring down and tearing up the walls and putting new carpet on the walls and stuff like that. Carpet on the walls—that's an interesting choice. It's America. What what can I tell you? Well, Cleo seems to think this is the most interesting thing in the world. And she sits at the door all day, every day, with her nose under the door trying to talk to the people doing the work. She wants their attention. Did did I tell you what she did when I had to have the, uh, the, the cable guy over? Did she try and run away with him? Well, it's not cable. It's actually Fios that I have. Um, but, you know, the router, so everything hooked up in your apartment, the way these are done in this apartment is they're in a back closet in the bedroom. That's where the, the routers are put on the wall and everything. And, you know, the repairman comes in to replace the router. He's doing all the work. And, uh, you know, I'm in the room talking to him because it's a very small closet area. Not a big area like they're used to working in, so I was kind of helping him out, like handing him the tools and that he needed and flashlight because he couldn't move around much. Cleo comes in, decides, oh, there's my new friend, jumps over me into the closet and sat on his shoulder while he worked. Oh, that's cute. No, that's not cute. That's a, that's a shameless hussy. Oh, no, that's cute. Yeah, I guess. Maybe she wanted maybe she wanted him to move in. Well, he can't move in. I can't even get Sarah to move out. Well, that's Cleo's fault. Yeah, that's Cleo's fault too. See that little cat? She's a meskite. Mm. See why I call her a little Pazuzu? Ah, oh, no. You love her, really. I do love her, but she is a little Pazuzu. Nah, she's beautiful. Yeah, she, you see. She loves The Exorcist, by the way. Yeah, it's a good film. Yeah, she always tells me, put The Exorcist on. And then she laughs and laughs, her little cat laugh when, when Linda Blair's head spins. No, she just looks at you and goes, I could make you do that. That's <laughs> true. She's thinking, Pazuzu, fucking amateur. Yeah. Wait until Cleo gets working. Yeah, Cleo's, um... Oh, oh, here she is now, speaking of Cleo. Hey, Cleo, Cleo. She heard us talking about her. Now she's staring me down. Well, I think good things about her. I do, too. I love my girl. But that's all I really had to bitch about this week is that, you know, Cleo sits there and just, like, kind of tries to talk to the people. Oh, and new carpet. You know, people think, I love that new carpet smell. Not when it's on the walls. No, that would be a bit too much. That would make your stomach hurt. Yeah, it's kind of freaky. I go out to get my mail, and all I smell is like you know new carpet smell smell on the walls. But I don't know. I don't. I don't get it either. Hmm. Uh, I could probably find other things to bitch about if you'd like. I know you love it when I complain about things. 
Wow. You know, baseball season's coming to an end soon. Is it? Yeah. World Series is in October. Uh-huh. But then football season starts. And, uh, you know, I get to talk about my bills. And then it's Thanksgiving, and then it's, no, then it's Halloween, and then it's Thanksgiving, and then oh, it's Christmas. Oh, I love Halloween. Lauren, do you like Halloween? I do, yes. Do they celebrate Halloween in Wales? They do. Because, you know, a lot of countries don't. We do celebrate Halloween. Did you used to dress up for Halloween? Um, not really. Then you don't celebrate Halloween. I used to read horror novels for Halloween. I think we got to pick out costumes for your nephews for Halloween this year. Uh, oh, goodness, don't. Yeah. We should have a writing kit. Everybody write in what they think the boys should dress like for Halloween this year. We'll, we'll have a we'll have a, a fan-based uh, Halloween ideas for them. I still think that little flying monkey costume for Theo would be awesome. He would wear it, too. He should wear it. It's cool. I'd wear one. Yes. He was telling me today how much he wants a fanny pack. What? Yeah, he wants a fanny pack. Why? Because he wants one. Is he, like, taking a time machine back to, like, 1992? He is obsessed with America. Yeah, we don't wear fanny packs anymore. Well, he wants one. Well, do you know I never wore a fanny pack? I used to have one. I used to have it when I was a child, and it was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. No, never wore one. Never had a fanny pack. I, I carry a backpack around when I go I places. Have a, I have a backpack for work, and then just a normal bag for day to day. Now, what does he want to put in his fanny pack? Money. <laughs> his phone. He's got a phone? Yes! How old is he? Seven. And that's a phone appropriate age? I'm not his parent, Brian. This is the wrong person you're having a conversation with. I didn't <sighs> buy the phone. We have to We have to have a sit down. I'm t- <laughs> telling you, Lauren. First off, tell him fanny packs aren't cool. He thinks they are. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. I-, I don't know why. He's probably seen something on TikTok. I, maybe they're making a comeback. You know, fucking hipsters make everything yeah. come back. Kind of pisses me off. I'll save that for another episode, though. We'll do a whole episode of things hipsters do that piss me off. Yes. Anything? We will. Anything bothering you, Lauren? Not really. No. No. Were you frightened by the Mothman episode? No. Do you, uh... Do you think he did wear pants? And if he did, would they be jeans or, like, a Dockers or... Mothman wears whatever Mothman feels like wearing. Yeah, I could see that. Not, you know what? He, he's not wearing skinny jeans. He's not a hipster. Yeah, he's not a hipster. Mothman is not going to wear skinny jeans. Oh, Lauren, I'm gonna I'm gonna start rambling about things that bother me. So you better uh, you better give me a day in history. Come on, give oh, me a good one. Yes, I will. Well, I I've, I've got you a good one here. Um, and you'll appreciate this one specifically, well, Brian. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So, no, no, give me a today in history. Give me a nice, deep, booming. All right. I've got, oh, I think I've got the wrong day up as well. <laughs> I've got the 9th of September up. It's meant to be the 8th. You're not going to give me a nice, booming one, are you? Come on, give me a minute. <laughs> <sighs> today in history. There you go, there you go. Do what you want with that. That was okay. Your heart wasn't in it, but it was okay. <laughs> so, yes, so today, on September 8th, 1504, Michelangelo's Statue of David is unveiled in Florence. I know that one would annoy you, because you don't like the Statue of David. Well, we have one of the exact replicas of it here in Buffalo. Full ding-ding exposure. <laughs> Yeah, why is that? Why is that noteworthy? It's meant to be a nude. Well, it's not. It's just that. Okay. At one point, there were people in Buffalo petitioning to put pants on it. I'm not kidding. Oh wow! Religious organizations started a petition to try to force them to put pants on the statue. Well, considering what's happened in Texas, I'm not surprised. It always makes me wonder, if you look at the Statue of David and the first thing you say is, Oh my God, a dick! Maybe your mind goes to weird places. I don't know. I, I've, ne- I've never really paid much attention. I mean, there's plenty of statues of women that, you know, might... You could say they should wear vests. The Statue of, of Justice. In a lot of places in the South and in Texas and stuff, they cover her boob. Because it's obscene, man. They don't like seeing titty. Jeebus doesn't like that. It's pretty funny that they always say everything they do is because Jesus wouldn't like it, but Jesus really never said shit about it. Jesus never said go forth and cover the titties of the statue, did he? No. But then he he did go into a place of worship with a bullwhip. So... And henceforth, we shall... We shall cover the uh, circumcised ding-dings of the statue. <laughs> no, none of that's in the Bible. Friggin' Puritans. Uh, but anyway, that that's a good day in history because it does remind there's, me there's of... There's nothing wrong with Puritans. They're just, they are what, you know. Yeah, well, you know. I love my, my city of Buffalo, and our statue, David, is amazing. And when you get to Buffalo one day, I'll show it to you. I'll take you there. It's a beautiful park. But you ready for mine? Yes. My day in history has a tie-in to tonight's episode. Because today, in history, September 8th, 1894, William K.L. Dixon, who was an employee of Thomas Edison, filmed the first boxing match at West Orange, New Jersey. It was an exhibition match between Peter Courtney and then heavyweight champion James J. Corbett. Filmed inside the studio for the Edison Film Corporation. Now that, A, it's really cool to see, you know, the heavyweight champion in 1894 on film. The film still exists. Um, He's wearing very unusual trunks for some reason. His entire tuchus is hanging out. I'm not kidding either. If you go look it up, it's just like, it's like a really bad fake fight with ass cheeks everywhere. But the point is... And that's why Brian likes it. (laughs) Well, 
uh, it's James J. Corbett took you, so. Mm-hmm. But what's really cool about that, Lauren, is because it's about Thomas Edison. And tonight's show, yeah. oh, tonight's show is about the man who was probably Edison's greatest rival, also Edison's um, former employee and uh, bitter enemy. And the man who, in my opinion, and this is just me, Lauren, but was far more brilliant than Edison, far more innovative I, than Edison. I was just going to say, he was he was generally better than Edison. Yeah, and he has a great tie into my hometown as well. But uh, tonight's episode, we are going to be talking all about the amazing Nikola Tesla. With a dear friend that we're bringing back to the show, Mr. Tim Schwartz. Uh, you know, the host of Exploring the Bazaar with Tim Beckley. Uh, the late, great Tim Beckley. And, uh, you know, Mr. Schwartz has written just one of the great books on Tesla. And uh, he's going to come on and we're going to talk all about Nicholas. So, uh, you think I should fire up the box? You should indeed. It's the Magic Interview Box. <laughs> oh, Lauren. I don't know if you're prepared for how deep we're probably going to go down the Tesla rabbit hole today. I am going to be very interested. Have you taken a nap? Because this may go long. I have. Well, if you're ready, you better flip the switch and we'll bring Tim on. Go ahead, flip it. Oh, Lauren, I not only is this magic interview box magic, but you know what I love about podcasts? No, I don't, Brian. What do you love about podcasts? <laughs> that we get to talk to, like, really, really cool people about really, really cool subjects. Yeah. And, you know, lately we've been doing a lot of, um, how should we say, strange shows. We've done, you know, Mothman and, 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 and ghosts and cryptids and, and things associated with the weird and the bizarre. In today's show, we're going back to, like, hard history, but with someone who is actually famous for a lot of the weird and strange and bizarre. But a lot of people don't know he's also a hard historian and and a dear friend, and I'm so thrilled to have Tim Schwartz back on with us to discuss the life of one of history's most interesting figures, the amazing, the astounding, the bizarre, the genius... Nikola Tesla. And Tim, I, I can't thank you enough for coming back on. Thank you. Oh, hey, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for having me. I last time I was on uh your show, I had such a great time. So when you asked me to come back again, I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when? Yeah, well now is the answer. I mean and <laughs> and this will be a little, you know, more um should I say lighthearted than last time because last time you on obviously we were mourning the passing of our friend mm-hmm. but I, I feel so weird that we've done all these shows on the bazaar lately and you weren't here now we're doing the serious one and the host of exploring the bazaar is on <laughs> so welcome back to the world of of quote-unquote legitimate history <laughs> how, how does it how does it feel 
well, <laughs> first of all, like I said before, it feels great to be uh, be on your show. And as for uh, uh, legitimate history, what is legitimate history? You know, as they as they say, history is is written by the winners. So, uh, though, I mean, I I do. Uh, I do love history, and I, I I love researching history and trying to get as much factual information as possible about it. Because as we discussed, you know, on the previous time that I was on your show, uh, unless you have a, a a really good idea of all the things that have happened in the past, especially when it comes to the world of the weird you're not really going to have a firm grasp of what's going on now. Uh, This is especially true when it comes to, say, uh, uh, the UFO phenomena, uh, because you have a lot of people who are just now getting into it, you know, very interested in it, uh, but really have no interest in uh, the history of UFOlogy. And they find themselves getting taken in by the same kind of stuff that, uh, you know, the same kind of, uh, you know, fake stuff maybe, you know, that, uh, that, that people were getting fooled by 10, 20, 30 years ago. So, you know, this is always something that I always, that I like to say to everyone is, you know, know your history, study your history, because you're not going to have a good idea of what's going on now, unless you have a good idea of what happened in the past. Or if we're talking some of the weird UFO stuff in the future with time travelers and stuff. I mean, (laughs) that's right. That's right. (laughs) But I find it interesting. You use the phrase history is written by the winners. Mm-hmm. Especially in this case, because in a lot of ways, Tesla was not the winner in his time. Mm-hmm. Um, no. He may be considered it now, though. Well, okay, I'll give you a good example. Now, uh, I'm going to age myself you know, here, but when I was in school, we were never taught about Tesla. Nope. Uh, nothing was ever, you know, and, and in fact, you know, I remember being taught that Edison invented electricity. You know, I, you know, I may be paraphrasing that, you know, a little bit, but I mean, it, uh, uh, it basically came down to that. Not only was Edison responsible for the light bulb, but, you know, our whole electrical system, you know, was the brainchild of Edison and, uh, you know, no mention of Tesla at all. And, and in fact, I'm trying to think now, yeah, I mean, even through college, I don't think that there was any kind of reference to Tesla. The you know the only I think the only thing uh, the only reference to Tesla would have been the and I can't remember what, uh, what it is the you know, like the uh, 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 it's it's an electrical terminology you know like so so many Teslas is is what it is called and I, any any electrical engineers who are out there listening right now are probably slapping themselves on the head <laughs> and saying you know it means this you idiot but uh, you know i mean i, I took uh, my 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 college major was television technology and with a with a minor in journalism so we had to know you know some electrical and uh, you know terms especially when it came to uh transmission and 
things things like that, which of course has has all now escaped out of my brain as I have learned new things. Well, <laughs> There's only so much, now. you know. <laughs> yo, yo, definitely, definitely. You know, I mean, when I was in college, we had to get a uh, 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 it was a fourth class radio license license with an endorsement in order to uh, be able to to be on the air. And uh, right after I got mine, then they changed all the rules. You didn't have to have that anymore. And, and, and this is like, oh, uh, you know, timing is everything. Oh, tell me uh, about it. I, yeah. uh, I majored in advertising and design and production. And this was in the early 90s. So literally the year after I was done, the entire business changed and Everything I had taught and studied was obsolete and null and void. It meant nothing. Cameras went to digital. We didn't have dark rooms anymore. Um, Everything went to computer-based graphic design and layout. We did none of that. It was literally the year I got the the degree, it all changed. But I'm also with you that I don't remember Tesla ever being mentioned in school. No. And especially, now think about this, where I'm from, I'm from, you know, just outside of Buffalo, New York. Right. And Tesla is a huge key figure in this area. There's a monument 10 minutes away from my apartment where I live now. It was 15 minutes away from where I lived when I was in school. A beautiful statue of Tesla, you know, monument and a tribute to him. And they never talked about them in schools here. Hmm. You know, we're talking, you know, everything was so black and white in history back when, when back when we were in school. You know, you learned, A, you know, Columbus discovered America. Then you start hmm. reading history and realize, no, no, he didn't. Edison invented electricity. Then you read history. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. <laughs> so I'm curious, Lauren, I want to bring you in because, you know, you, you're a generation after us. Plus, on another continent, um, were you taught about Tesla in school? No, we weren't. It was again, you know, it was it was essentially Thomas Edison discovered electricity. No arguments. Um, yeah, it's just I think people are let down by their education, especially since there's so much variety of people that they can learn about and. Tesla isn't one of them. I mean, he did he did appear in last season's Doctor Who. Well, there you go. So now he's pop culture. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, he is. I mean, Elon Musk, I mean, made Tesla's name mm-hmm. more associated with a car than a historical figure. Right. Right. Well, and and I've had people ask me, which who came first, the car or, or Nikola Tesla? And I, you know, I just like, well, okay, yeah, I said, okay. Well, I'll think about this. Of course, you know, they don't know who Nikola Tesla was. And Tesla was born in eighteen, uh, was So you know, you, you gotta realize because of our age, when we were young, Tesla was the name of a band. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, which actually was one of the great uh, quote-unquote hair bands, even though they were never really a hair band. Um, albums of that time was the Tesla album, The Great Radio Controversy, 
which kind of explained a little who Tesla was. Oh, I had uh, I had a lot of people um, discover my book, The Lost Journals of Nikola Tesla, because they liked the band Tesla. Yeah, they were a good band. You know? And uh, you know they were you know the, the they were doing research on the internet you know about Tesla, and my book would pop up. And that's how they started to find out who Tesla was. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, I think that uh, the band Tesla had a lot to do, uh, you know, with uh, younger generations finding out about Nikola Tesla. Yeah, you know, I mean... That, that, that education that they didn't get from school. I, you know, was very curious about Tesla because of the monument and the statue near me so i'm i'm in, in a sense a freak of this country because you know we most places don't have that in most cities don't have that connection to them like i did and being a nerdy history kid even though i wasn't taught it in school i searched out and looked for it. he um is such a charismatic yet enigmatic character um what what drew you to, to, to actually sitting down researching, spending years researching and in doing this book? Mm-hmm. My first introduction to Nikola Tesla that, that I can, that I can really remember because, you know, and, and you have to remember now that, uh, uh, you know, I've always been interested in, you know, the world of the weird fringe science, fringe everything. So I may have run across his name, uh, somewhere in my, you know, early readings about UFO history, because uh, some some early UFO writers, especially in the uh, late 50s, early 60s, uh, had referenced Tesla, but the name I don't think it ever I don't think it's it, it, it stuck with me. It wasn't until the uh, uh, the the early 1980s when I was working at a television station in Dayton, Ohio, and of course Dayton, Ohio is uh, right next door to Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Now uh, we used to uh, about you know well, you know once every couple of weeks we would go over to the base and uh, and meet with the press liaison there to see if they were doing anything at the base that, you know, may make them an interesting story. And, you know, we'd always come away with, uh, uh, you know, something good that uh, that we could run in the news. And there was one time, so we were sitting there at this, uh, this, this lieutenant's desk, and, you know, he's going through his file, and he's like, oh, let's see, we're doing this, and eh, I can't talk about that. And, and at one point, he said... You know, we're doing some research based on the work of that mad scientist, Nikola Tesla, but I can't really talk about that now. And then he went on. And But that name, that mad scientist, Nikola Tesla, you know, that, may, you know, that, that lit, lit up my brain. I'm like, what? Who's that? Mad scientist? Nikola Tesla? What's going on? You know, because at the time, Wright-Patterson was doing research into uh, laser weaponry. Uh, 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 that was the, the the very early days of uh, what was called the you know Star Wars uh, Defense Initiative, and and Wright Patterson was part of that. So, you know, doing uh, research and experiments. So that got me interested in that name, 
And so I started uh, uh, doing research on it. You know, and at that time, I had access to um, uh, different sources of information. You know, we had uh, the what was called the uh, uh, the the the, the, the Lexus Nexus Nexus Lexus Lexus Nexus. <laughs> the Nexus Lexus. Uh, which, I like that. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, it's uh, uh, informa- information base that is uh, usually, you know, I mean, it's uh, you have to. You know, like be a, a news organization or something along those lines, and pay a pretty big fee in order to get access to it. Lexus Nexus, that's it. Um, and uh, so I was able to get into that. I was able to uh, get into all of the uh, the 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 the, the uh, Randolph Hearst um, history uh, uh, archives, which included not only, uh, written information, but all kinds of film and pictures and things like that. And slowly but surely, I started to learn more about Tesla, which, I mean, even then was not that much. Uh, it, it really, uh, and then eventually I was able to run across, um, some of the early, um, biographies that had uh, been written by uh, about Tesla uh, by, uh, Margaret Cheney uh, is a good example of, uh, of of some of the works that were written about Tesla but it, as as we talked about earlier this was somebody who despite all of the things and accomplishments that he did for this planet uh, that that really uh, catapulted us into the uh, electronic age you know you might as well have he might as well have just been you know just an average joe on the street and and you know <laughs> that and that was it 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 fascinated me that here you had this gentleman who did so much yet had really been scooped into the dustbin of obscurity and uh, that you know, I mean that 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 really was part of what what motivated me to try to find out more about him. Why had this guy who had done so much for us just basically disappear from uh, history? Yeah, and and like you said, there's so many things that were around us that Tesla had a hand in, whether we knew it or not. Right. Um. One of my passions and obsessions and people who are longtime listeners of the show know that, you know, I am absolutely obsessed with old universal horror films. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that got me really, another thing that set me down a Tesla rabbit hole is, here's weird Brian nerd trivia fact off the top of his head, which is bizarre. There was a guy in Hollywood who made all these, like, crazy machines and things. Literally, in his garage, he was kind of a quote-unquote mad scientist. His name was Kenneth Strickfadden. He ended up becoming a, uh, a set designer and a special effects guy for Hollywood. All the machines in the original Frankenstein were Kenneth Strickfadden machines. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, those exact same machines were the ones used in Young Frankenstein. Mel Brooks found out he was still alive. All the equipment still existed. In his garage. In his garage. In his garage, right. (laughs) 
And I remember reading an interview with Strick, uh, of Strickfans when I was a kid, and he was talking about how all these machines were based on Tesla coils. And the name Tesla came up like six or seven times in this interview, and I'm like, I wonder if that's the same guy that's in Goat Island. Mm. So, I mean, Tesla's always around us, whether we know it or not. <laughs> right, right. So it, you why, know, it, it, yeah, oh, no, go, no, no, go, go, ahead, go, go with your thought. No, I, well, I was just going to say, okay, you know, there you are in Buffalo uh, with with that big statue of Tesla there. And yet, you know, you would think that, you know, Buffalo would have, you know, like like a big Nikola Tesla festival, you know, with a parade and everything like that. Uh, I could see that happening now, but, you know, that's something that that should have been happening, you know, over the last 50 years or more. I think we should organize this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, so, I mean, you know... uh... Why do you think? Why do you think that is? You know, let, 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 let's reverse the roles here, and uh, and I'll ask. Well, you, you are a talk show host, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was waiting for this. I'll you tell know, you why I, mean, I think it is. It's because right. of what you said initially. History is written by the winner. Yeah. Edison won. Mm-hmm. That's why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though, even though all of the equipment, of course. I think the majority of it now has has now been re- retired. I think there's still some generators that they have on display there that was you know part of Tesla's original design. But all of the equipment at Niagara Falls, that uh, uh, that first hydroelectric plant on the planet, yep, was the result of Tesla. I mean, uh, you know, that's I mean that that that's a big notch in Buffalo's history book. I would think. We were one of the first cities that that uh, even though it was an experiment and, and for a, for a special occasion that was completely electrified thanks to Tesla, right. right? Um, one of the first cities in the world, by the way, folks, not just in America or in the area. We're talking in the world, and it was because of Tesla. <laughs> um, but. As far as, you know, the the textbooks and the history books aren't written in Buffalo, (laughs) you know, they're used around the country, and Edison won the battle. Edison also was a great manipulator of other people's work. Edison got credit for a lot of things that weren't necessarily Edison. Edison didn't invent the moving picture camera, for example, but look up online who invented the moving pit. Well, maybe not online. The internet has changed research, but... Yeah. Go back in a time machine 20 years ago and go to a library and, and look in your card catalog who invented the motion picture camera. It's going to say Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even invented in this country. Sorry, folks. France did it. But um, <laughs> but history's written by the winners. And mm-hmm. I think that's why Tesla got knocked about. Plus, and here's the big plus, and I think you'll appreciate this of all people, Tesla was a pretty out-there thinker. Mm-hmm. Tesla was not your typical scientist or inventor. Tesla was radical to the right. point where he was eccentric, a.k.a. to people who don't understand how his brain works, insane. So Tesla was, as you said, thought of as the mad scientist. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And I think yeah. that's why. Um, I think history has borne out that, well, yeah, he might have been crazy with, like, you know, the, the death ray and everything, but the guy was important, very important to the mm-hmm. world we live in today. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, the fact that um, our listeners are setting, you know, uh, wherever they are uh, with electric lights on them is because of Tesla. Yeah. You know, our whole electrical grid system, the AC motor, all of that from Tesla. All right, and it hasn't really changed much since when uh, since the time that Tesla first uh, uh, put it together and uh, created a company to uh, to build it and uh, start stringing it up. Of course, I, I I will say this. Here's an interesting bit of trivia for you. Okay, Tesla won the contract in this company to uh, to build the generators and build the first hydroelectric plant. Uh, there at Niagara Falls, okay. Uh, one of the first things that they did was to uh, electrify the uh, World's Fair in uh, New York, right? Mm-hmm. However, the wires that were constructed to deliver that electricity, the contract had been awarded to the Edison Company. Because it was felt at the time that it would be giving uh, Tesla an unfair advantage to have both, the, you know, uh, both the generators, you know, the the generation of electricity and the mode of transportation to get that electricity to the various locations. So Tesla built the generating plant, and it was the Edison Company who made the wires. But uh, the other thing is that um, Edison, in uh, being the type of guy that he was, decided that he was not going to allow the use of his uh, patented electric lights at the World's Fair because, you know, uh, naturally there, there was this competition between Tesla and Edison, and he would be damned if uh, Tesla would get that benefit. So Tesla would be like, I don't care, and invented uh, his own uh, uh, lighting system. Uh, it, it was a form of, uh, of fluorescent lights that, that we use uh, we use today. So, I mean, you know, the, Tesla was the type of guy that, you know, if he was confronted with some kind of obstacle, he generally could always find a way uh, to get around it. Yeah, Tesla was... I, I think uh, I, I hate to say this. Um, another reason he may have lost in the history books, especially in America, is America's history of xenophobia. Oh yes. Um, you got Thomas Edison, the all-American boy, mm-hmm. and a guy named Nikola Tesla. <laughs> who, uh, you know, who's a Serb, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think many people in America even know what Serbia was at the time, but he had a funny name and Thomas Edison's American. Um, Warren, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? Because that wouldn't explain the, um, 
the UK's attitude, although at that point, the UK followed America when it came to education. Uh, but, but what do you think? Um, I think it's, it's I, I think with Tesla, it's a case of um, there was too much going on. Like he would have these radical ideas and in the middle of these radical ideas, which aren't radical now because a lot of what he imagined and a lot of what he put forward is now reality. But, um, you know, I think it was because there was so much, you know, futuristic innovation in his in his repertoire that the moments of, of, of genius, which could be which could be achieved during that period were lost because people just thought he was too radical. I think that's what the issue was, is that he, that he uh, presented himself to the world as a radical, a radical thinker. And, um, and Britain's never been one for radical thinkers, really. <laughs> well, we've never, we, we have them, but we've never really accepted them. They've always been the outsider. Yeah, that's a great point um, that I didn't even think of, that, you know, uh, Tesla was the original not-ready-for-prime-time player. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other thing about Tesla is that, you know, Tesla was... He wasn't a marketer, <laughs> you know. I mean, he 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 was a scientist. He was an inventor. Um, Edison, on the other hand, you know, he was really good at marketing himself, marketing his company. Uh, so, uh, you know, when you have somebody who kind of likes to stay behind the scenes so to speak you know work on his ideas you know uh, get him out there you know let his company actually uh, uh, be the one to to you know uh, produce his products and he'll just go back and uh, and make more then yeah you know you're gonna have somebody who like like Edison who knows who yeah I mean you know he knew how to manipulate the uh, the media he knew how uh, to get his name out there uh, one good example and it really it didn't end up working well for Edison but when the whole um, ACDC war started. Because oh, you're into Edison... the electric chair, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Oh! <laughs> uh, you know, because, you know, Edison, uh, before Tesla even came to the United States, Edison had developed uh, a, 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 a DC current system. That, that he was trying to develop and market. And he had gone as far as to actually uh, electrify certain portions of New York City with his D- DC current. And, you know, had the wires strung, had the, uh, uh, the, the power plants built. The only problem is, is that DC current doesn't travel very far uh, before it has to be... Uh, uh, you know, basically, you know, jump started again. Uh, so, you know, every couple of, of blocks, I guess, is the way it was. They would have to have uh, 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 transmitting stations where the current would be um, uh, uh, 
and again, I, you know, I'm I'm not an electrician. I, you know, I don't know the proper terms for this. You know, but basically, uh, the current, uh, the DC current would have to you know be bumped up again in order to you know continue on down the lines. The difference being, of course, is that AC current can travel uh, hundreds of miles uh, just you know on its own. So here you have this young upstart come in, Tesla, this foreigner who uh, had uh, you know invented this uh, this AC motor, which at the time, I mean, you know, when Tesla was at university, his professors had told him that there you know, that an AC motor could never be built uh, because that would be akin to perpetual motion. Now I'm not quite sure how they got this idea, but you know, again, you're you're looking at 19th century thinking. Yeah, I'm trying to wrap my uh, head around that one. Yeah, well, but that—that's what he was told, you know. That now you can't—it can't be done. It's you know, it's, it, it would be perpetual motion. So then Tesla came in with this idea for you know AC current and actually proved that it could be done. And Edison, you know, he could—he could see his profits, you know, disappearing down the drain. All right. So Edison came up with this idea that uh, he would go to the press. And basically uh, had these demonstrations on how dangerous AC current was, as compared to his nice, safe, friend, you know, family-friendly DC current. And uh, you know, he invented the electric chair, you know, to show that uh, you could use uh, the very same AC current that Tesla was proposing to, you know, coming into your house. You know, you could kill uh, uh, prisoners. Uh, with it, you could kill an elephant. I mean, that's that's what Edison did. There was an elephant, uh, and, and uh, her blossom, something like that. Her name slips my mind at the moment. That had actually uh, stomped on its keeper at the uh, at the circus, and uh, they decided to, that she was too dangerous. So Edison actually publicly electrocuted this poor animal using AC current to demonstrate how dangerous it, it, it was. And filmed it, and that film filmed still it, yes. exists, and it's yes. terrifying. And it is. last time I, I did not check for it, um, but it was available on YouTube, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I yeah. do not recommend watching it. It's it's terrifying it's gruesome yeah oh yeah it's it's, it's very gruesome and uh and, and that was that was part of of, of uh you know this this whole publicity push that edison was putting out there trying to show that uh that ac was dangerous and dc was good you know uh, ac bad dc good uh it it, it, did, it didn't quite work though because i mean you know face it ac ac current is so much more efficient and uh you know, it's just uh the 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 technology uh, won out uh but uh that that forever left you know a sour taste in edison's mouth when it came to tesla and i mean there was no there was no forgiving uh, Edison, you know, with, with Tesla. So every chance that he got, I mean, Tesla was on his crap list. Now, it raises a good point to me, and I'm going to ask you because you did this amazing book with the Lost Journals of Tesla. Mm-hmm. You, you got inside this guy's head. You really did. Um, you dug deep. Do you think another problem was, 
And I'm not taking anything away from Edison. Edison was a genius. Edison Mm -hmm. did have some remarkable ideas. He stole some others, but he had some great ideas of his own. Mm -hmm. Do you think it could be that Edison was a businessman first and a scientist second, and Tesla was not a businessman at all, just a scientist? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, that's. I mean, you know, uh, early early in his day, I mean, you know, Tesla did have a good understanding of, of of business and you know how to raise, especially in how to raise money for his projects. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Edison. I mean, there's uh, he he was the American capitalist poster child. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, he he did. I mean, he he knew the business aspect of invention and technology and all that and 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 like you said i mean you know he he had some good ideas from from his inventions but you also have to realize that edison had like you know this big uh, you know big factory of of engineers and stuff that that did a lot of the work for him you know edison may have come up with an idea for something but then he would turn to his people you know his his guys and say all right this is what we want to do well, Make Ed- it happen. <laughs> Edison was a great mind for the public. Mm-hmm. Um, Edison had his thumb on the pulse of the public. Even if you look at the Edison Film Corporation, okay, we've established that he didn't really invent the motion picture camera. But he perfected it. He started the first quote-unquote studio. And what did he start producing? He started producing films for the masses. He didn't go after um, art. He went after the masses. Um, Thankfully, uh, you know, in his studio, he would set up and re-film big boxing matches so the Mm -hmm. public could see this match that only people could attend live and see. You know, he... He used it as a media for the people and was a marketer. He made the first exploitation films, we could say. I mean, he really did. He didn't use it for high art. He used it for exploitation. And that's a sign of a guy who knows the public. Bread and circuses. Um, Whereas Tesla, like you said, he was great at raising money for his inventions, but I don't think he was thinking beyond that. Tesla would have these ideas. He was a genius, a mad genius, if you will, and he mm-hmm. needed to see them come to fruition. Mm-hmm. I don't think he thought long term. Okay, Tesla did think long term with the aspects that it was always the betterment of mankind, of humanity that was that what pushed a lot of his ideas um while edison like you said you know bread and circuses uh entertainment make money that sort of thing tesla on the other hand was looking at ways to help people uh, uh, you know, bring bring light and and heat and comfort to you know to people who who never had any of those types of luxuries. Yes, sucker. Uh, uh, we you like know, the people uh, who wanted to give us entertainment. Right, right. Well, Tesla was look looked was looking for ways to stop war. Uh, yeah, you you had mentioned earlier uh, his his death rate. 
uh, which is kind of a misnomer because it actually was along the lines of a particle beam uh, uh, device. But his idea for these kinds of things were to be used in in a defensive uh, capacity to the point where uh, if if everybody had these types of devices, then nobody could attack anybody else, and so war would become obsolete. You know, that's that's the kind of mind that that Tesla had. I mean, Sadly, you know, he, that's not yeah. humanity. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. Look at all the nuclear <laughs> countries, it doesn't prevent war. Right, right. Um, Truman thought that, you know, uh, I'm not dropping a bomb on, on two bombs on Japan to show our might. I'm doing it to end the war. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't. I mean, war still happens. Yeah, I think Tesla might have had um, an over-romanticized view of what society could be. <laughs> Tesla read the time machine and believed in H.G. Uh, Wells' utopian <laughs> future. And, uh, well, you know, and it, Edison a, knew Donald Trump was coming. Yeah, uh, yeah oh, there you go. Oh, well, you know... Uh, and and we'll have to we'll have to get into that a little bit later if you want to because uh, uh, Donald Trump does uh, you know uh, kind of uh, around the corner uh, play a role in uh, Tesla's history, uh, believe it or not. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, gosh, I mean, there should be more. I, I think there should be more people like like Tesla who 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 have the you know, this. I don't know. It's like you said, this this kind of idolized uh, view of mankind that if, you know, given the opportunity that we would choose um, peace and happiness over uh, destruction and death. Uh, You know, considering where tesla was born i mean you know he was born in the 1850s in in serbia which would later become yugoslavia uh you know uh, a, a, a part of europe that had probably not seen a peaceful day in its entire history um uh, so i mean you know tesla Tesla, I think, had a vested interest in trying to use technology in a way that would take people away from this idea of of continual conquest, defeat, conquest, defeat, over and over and over again. Uh, because, I mean, you know, you, you, you see, you know, history shows us... Uh, the benefit of that there is none and uh you know tesla was one of these guys that i mean you know he he saw that you know and he knew that uh, uh unless we change our ways that it, you know it's just going to be more of the same so i mean it was his ideas that maybe he could use technology to to take us away from that to to uh, uh, help us defeat that animal part of us that that feels like that uh, uh, you know that 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 tribalism part that you know it's only us everybody else needs to be killed and I mean you know when you have an entire world of people that are thinking like that well eventually it's not going to end up well <laughs> no and like I said what's amazing about 
the research and the work you did is that you got inside this guy's mind as best anybody could. Mm-hmm. And Tesla, in some ways, was an idealist, a romanticized view of the world. Um, you know, the John Lennon give peace a chance mentality. But on an individual human level, you know, how was he with relating to other people mm-hmm. um, on a personal level, not on a global scale, but in everyday life? Right. I think one of the myths that that we hear now about Tesla was that he was, you know, this this eccentric genius who, you know, could uh, almost like, you know, he was on the uh, uh, on the spectrum that, uh, you know, he he didn't work well with people, you know, just kept himself uh, was only interested in, in, in science and was not very social. And that's absolutely not true. Uh, uh, Tesla, um, you know, especially in, in, in his in, in his younger days, I mean, he was very sociable. I mean, he, he, he enjoyed the, the finer aspects of life. He enjoyed uh, uh, going to parties and, 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 and being with other people and, uh, and, and uh, you know, making making money uh, because you know making money was a way for him to uh, continue his, uh, his his research. It wasn't until later in life, as he got older, that uh, um, uh, his eccentricities started to come out. Uh, you know, possibly he had always had you know these these types of 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 you know, uh, problems. I mean, I don't think there are any of us, you know, that, that, that don't have some kind of, of, you know, uh, problems, you know, social uh, inadequacies, what <laughs> have for you. Yourself. That, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that, that we don't have to, to deal with, you know, one way or the other, <laughs> you know, uh, so, you know, some people are, you know, so are, are outgoing to the point of being, you know, annoying, you know, get away from me. You know, that's right. And, and then, you know, others are so, so shy, you know, to the point that uh, uh, you can barely get them, uh, you know, away from their video game. <laughs> and uh, okay, ready for the point where Lauren rolls her eyes? <laughs> Let's cut to the chase. What was Tessa like with the ladies? Um, the ladies loved Tesla. You know, I mean, you know, he he was very good looking. I mean, he was he was tall. He was aristocratic. Um, uh, you know, I mean, he 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 dressed very well. He spoke very well. Uh, uh, was charming, uh, but um, he, uh, he was um, he was asexual. I guess what the term would be. He really wasn't interested in uh, in sex one way or the other. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, like to say, "Oh, well, you know, maybe he was, uh, maybe he was gay." Uh, no, you know, he he just wasn't interested one way or the other, uh, and uh, that uh, that's the way it was all of his life. Now, um, he 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 always enjoyed entertaining uh, ladies. Um, he he always would escort somebody, uh, you know, to parties and functions and things like that. But when it came to any kind of romantic uh, uh, liaisons, 
There doesn't appear to be any. I mean, you know, there may have been some dalliances. Uh, there, there were a number of, of very, um, you know, high up on the social uh, ladder, you know, especially in, in New York, uh, women that were very interested in Tesla. And I think that uh, probably he took advantage of, of, of these interests. But ultimately, you know, nothing ever came about it because, I mean, I think his, his love was science. And that uh, that was his all-consuming passion. And uh, when it came to the physical aspects of of life, he just he, he really wasn't interested. Yeah, it is funny you mention that because if, if people who aren't familiar with what Tesla looked like, this is your homework assignment, people. Look up a picture of Tesla online, and the first picture you'll probably come across is the famous um, portrait of him sitting in the chair with his hand on his cheek. Um, probably, probably late 1890s, early 1900s. I don't know when the picture was taken. He appears to be about 40 years old in it. And he's this very dark, mysterious, handsome figure. I mean, he's a good-looking guy. Kind of looks like a movie villain, mm-hmm. but uh, he's a really good-looking cat. And you'd you'd think the women would be all over him um, at the time, but you don't hear about you know the illegitimate Tesla babies or <laughs> you know the. And I'm not trying to be salacious, but you, like you heard about a lot of other guys at that time that were really well known. Um, to get around and you mm-hmm. I, i've never heard of any and you just confirmed it for me that uh you don't find them they don't seem to exist yeah oh no i mean and and he he had lots of opportunities to to be that way if he wanted to all right i mean you know i'm not going to say that uh that, that women were throwing themselves at him but there were some who were throwing themselves at him and uh but but nothing and and you have to realize i mean you know you talk about uh uh you know like a 24-hour cable news and you can't get away with anything nowadays it was it was just as bad you know back then so i mean if there had been any illegitimate children if there had been any kind of you know behind the scenes dalliances with either sex with tesla it would have gotten out but it never did because it it never really happened. I mean, you know, there were the gossip papers that said, "Oh, you know, you know, such and such was seen, you know, going to such and such party with you know uh, uh, New York inventor Nikola Tesla." But that's about as far as it went. Yeah, because you could picture Tesla having almost like a Howard Hughes lifestyle mm-hmm. without yeah. the, the that much money, but and you know, they both kind of ended up both eccentric and insane, but. Mm. <laughs> Lauren, what other than the Doctor Who, you know, what is your base of knowledge on Tesla? I mean, what other, you know, the Elon Musk car and everything? Do they talk about him in the UK now? Is he a, is he a figure? Um, not really. I wouldn't have thought he he's again. I think that's because of the way that educate well I, I don't know if it's education's fault or if it's a case of popular culture's fault where he just sort of gets brushed away yeah it's mm-hmm. sad 
it's it's a case of like you you know about Tesla and you know you but you do hear about the later years where he was you know where the you know his solitary lifestyle had caught up with him and he sort of lost you know lost sense of reality I don't think he was mentally ill and I don't think that he was insane I think that his lifestyle had just um just changed had given him such an insular point of view that he'd become so inward looking it was difficult for him to see the wider perspective of everything yeah i could see that and and, it, and it's funny that um not funny i i i use that term i know wrong. i know what you mean yeah that he lived into relatively modern times i mean he oh, yeah. was around till the 1940s so you would think a guy like this would have been documented so much more that there should have been tons of newsreels with him in it or films or something and it's just not there it's like there's this like there's like this void in our history books this void that's like it's almost like i'm going to go back to your uh, ufo analogy that some time traveler UFO person came back in time and took a scissors to cut Tesla out of pop culture in the time he lived. I mean, he had to have been more famous and a bigger figure, especially in his time, to have been forgotten by the masses after that. And why? I mean, what happened that made that name go away for 30, 40 years? Right. Right. Well, I mean, in his in his day, he was famous. Uh, I mean, he was he was uh, constantly featured in the newspapers. Uh, uh, he, I mean, you know, and 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 you know, naturally because he brought uh, electricity uh, to the world. Uh, I mean, that that at first made him a bunch of money and made a bunch of money for his company too. Uh, uh, but the the I think the main thing that really happened to him that tarnished his reputation was the whole um, wireless transmission of electricity fiasco, which was not his fault really. Yeah, give us a little uh, background on that. Um, all right. Well, yeah. after naturally, after after Tesla had had, had came up with uh, uh, you know the AC motor and uh, the using Niagara Falls to uh, 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 build a power plant, uh, the first hydroelectric uh, power plant, and still one of the most efficient ways of generating electricity all, you know, on on the planet. And because of the, uh, the 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 whole deal with the Edison Company getting awarded the contract to uh, build and install the power lines uh, from Niagara Falls to the rest of wherever, Tesla was like, "Well, okay, um, would it be nice if there would be a way that you could generate electricity and get it to people?" without having to have uh, uh, power lines. And so Tesla started working on this idea. I mean, you know, he knew enough about electricity 
and um, uh, uh, the the transmission of of radio and electromagnetic frequencies and all that, which uh, I should add to this conversation that it uh, that Tesla uh, really was the inventor of radio Thank and not you. Marconi. <laughs> uh, Marconi, in fact, used several of Tesla's patented uh, 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 devices in order to build his own uh, 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 transmitters and receivers. Uh, but that's 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 another story. So uh, Tesla had some ideas, and he actually went uh, to uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, and built a laboratory. His first idea was that, well, maybe there is a way that we could harness um, electricity out of the atmosphere, you know, lightning, things like that. Uh, Colorado Springs, known for its thunderstorms, you know, Tesla's idea, well, you know, maybe you could put up a big antenna and, you know, uh, lightning would strike it and you you could uh, actually uh, use that. Well, I mean, while he was working there, he actually perfected uh, the idea that, uh, unfortunately, we're still not quite sure how he uh, uh, accomplished this because Tesla... Uh, because of of Marconi and several other uh, uh, people who had uh, uh, stolen his ideas based on his patents, uh, left uh, anything that he patented after the, at that time. He would leave out key details. Uh, you know, he he would basically summarize how things would work. But uh, just exactly how they would work, he would leave these uh, leave that out. That's what it was with his idea on the wireless transmission of electricity. You go and you you look at his his patents, and there are key elements that are missing that uh, people still haven't quite figured out how he was going to do it. the The common assumption anymore is that Tesla was just going to build a giant Tesla coil and shoot bolts of electricity into the atmosphere and you know you could use an antenna to to pick that up which you know of course that's that's not how it works i mean if you've seen uh, you go to youtube and 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 look at these videos of of giant tesla coils i mean it's really you know they're fascinating to look at but the bolts of electricity just go in every direction and really can't be be harnessed tesla's idea somehow was to use both the atmosphere and the ground uh, as a probably as a form of resonance that if you had an antenna again both in the ground and in the air that uh, was a harmonic resonance to what he was transmitting then you could actually pick up this electricity and use it uh, in your house now of course it would be almost like today's uh, cell phone system, all right? You would have these transmitters at various locations that would act like a like a grid system. Yeah. Each, you know, and then you know people in between uh, would be able then to pick up uh, other stuff. And, 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 and in fact, you can attribute Tesla's ideas to what later would become the uh, uh, you know the, the the cell phone technology. I mean that's that's right out of Tesla's uh, book. Uh, but and and Tesla had 
he was so he knew that this was going to work. I mean, he proved it was going to work at Colorado Springs, and so he came back to New York, got financing, in fact, and started to build the first transmitter at a place uh, on Long Island uh, that he called Wardenclyffe. All right, and you've seen if you look, you know, you, you you'll see the pictures of this uh, uh, this just giant tower that Tesla was in the process of of building, and this was going to be the uh, uh, the first of of many transmitter sites. Unfortunately, Tesla. Again, because of his uh, uh, caution on revealing too much for fear of having it uh, stolen from him, did not tell his financers just exactly what he was going to be doing. Because he had already been told that the wireless transmission of electricity, they couldn't conceive of a way that you could meter that and then charge for the electricity received. And so, you know, there was a lot of pushback against, uh, you know, so, something like that. You know, it's not like a wire coming into your house that, you know, you put a meter in between and, you know, it, it you know, uh, every kilowatt, you, you know, you charge $5 or whatever. So Tesla told his backers that this was going to be kind of like a combination radio station television station telephone transmitter again here you got this this idea of a cell phone system uh that that tesla was and, and kind of you know leaving out that it would also uh generate uh, and transmit electricity uh, uh for homes that it's amazing that the visual you get of him going and conducting these experiments goes right back to the universal horror films i mean it goes back yes. to frankenstein's tower oh yeah <laughs> yeah and you know there's there's a very famous picture uh of tesla there at his colorado springs uh, laboratory where he is sitting next to you know on the floor next to his tesla coil and there's this like all kinds of bolts of lightning shooting around him it didn't quite happen that way. That was actually a uh, um, uh, uh, a picture where they uh, took a number of, uh, of different shots and then combined them all together. Yeah, but it should have happened that way. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it actually was like you know one or two bolts at a time, and uh, uh, you know, if 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 uh, if that coil was putting out that kind of electricity, even Tesla would not have been able to set that that close to it. But all right. Uh, that is the way that Tesla was 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 looking at this. That he could harness electricity and then transmit it safely. All right, to the point that you could get this AC current into your house without wires of any kind. And, and again, like I said. Tesla knew that it could be done. He would not have gone as far. Tesla was not the type of guy who just on a whim, just on a vague idea, you know, raise money and build this transmitter, you know, on the idea, well, well, maybe this would work. He he knew it. Knew, he knew it was going to work. Unfortunately, once the people who were backing him found out that there was also going to be this wireless transmission of electricity going on with this, they pulled the plug. 
because again, you know, they were like, how can we make money off of this? You know, so another example see... of greed destroying progress. Exactly, exactly. So not only did they pull the plug on no pun uh, on his funding, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it literally was. I mean, that's it's not that far from the truth. Um, but they also sued him uh, for breach of contract, uh, demanded their money back. They also started this, uh, with the help of Edison, by the way, they also oh, started this smear campaign that Tesla was this out-of-control fraud, that all he was interested in is bilking money from people on this wild idea that you could transmit electricity uh, uh, without uh, wires. And so any money that Tesla had at that point ended up getting lost uh, uh, in, in having to uh, deal with, uh, you know, with all this litigation that was going on against him. And, uh, and of course, you know, like uh, any other time, I mean, the media had a field day with this, you know, mad scientist, uh, uh, mad scientist Tesla, nothing more than a con man, uh, stealing, you know, stealing money from uh, widows and orphans, and uh, he lost he he lost the property that he had there in Wardenclyffe. Eventually, the tower was was torn down uh, and and sold for for scrap metal. They got about uh, seventeen hundred dollars for the the metal that they used, which I mean, you know, in that day, I mean, that was about maybe about forty thousand dollars in today's currency. But still, all right. Uh, they passed up uh, millions know, it's, and it's, millions and millions in technology. Oh my gosh! I mean, it's this. It, if 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 Tesla had been allowed to develop this tower, and then you know, once that tower you know proved to be successful, and then start uh, building the others, I mean, you know, I mean, this was taking place in the early 1900s. How far along, technology-wise, would we be? today because like i said we still don't have a proper idea on how tesla was going to do this and in in fact there was a show that that i was a part of called the tesla files that ran on history channel history channel where the host had actually gone to the tesla museum in belgrade yugoslavia to look at the blueprints for the you know for this device and then others other devices that would be part of it and they were only allowed to see like one or two blueprints for this the others were still were classified by the government and you know this would have been the Yugoslavia government probably still holdover from uh, the Russian influence they were told that they didn't have the proper passports in order to uh, to to see the rest of these uh, blueprints. You which which you just pointed me in a direction I have to go after you finish that thought. <laughs> well, okay, I, uh, and my thought is, I suspect that there are um, entities that uh, foreign and uh, uh, domestic entities, military, government, that probably know what Tesla was going to do and has probably utilized that idea but is not available to the rest of us, you know, uh, common scum. <laughs> yeah, so 
in essence, Tesla was over a hundred years ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Literally. I mean, that's yes. not just a figure of speech, At folks. Least. He was a hundred yeah. years ahead of his time with this. Two, before I go on to this fun fact, <laughs> if anything we've learned today, kids, it's that Edison did not invent the motion picture camera. That was uh, Louis Le Prince in France a year earlier. Ian Marconi did not invent the radio. Tesla did that. Suck it, Edison. Suck it, Marconi. Okay, so I have to go here, and uh, please don't hold this against me. Mm -hmm. Um, We're friends. I don't want to insult or offend. But uh, in a lot of corners of this world of the strange, there are a lot of people that consider you quite a conspiracy theorist. And I don't mean the the lunatic fringe conspiracy theories that we see now that are dominating politics, sadly. But more of the, um, how should we say, the fun, weird, wild, bizarre, uh, paranormal (laughs) conspiracies. And you just brought one up that there's conspiracy theorists, or people who claim anybody who says this are conspiracy theorists, that of a lot of Tesla's knowledge, um, unrealized inventions, and blueprints have actually come to fruition post-death. Mm-hmm. Now, you just kind of confirmed that a lot of his stuff is still classified by the governments of different nations. Yes. So... Is there anything non-conspiratorial, other than that, which is kind of proof, or certain things that have come to pass that have proved that people have gone on with some of Tesla's blueprints and inventions and made them a reality post his death? Mm. I know it's tough, and and I, mm. I put you on the spot there with that, but... Right, right. Well, okay, um, I I think... One of the things especially that, and I alluded to this earlier in in the program, and it had to do with um, later on in his life, uh, uh, Tesla had the conception of the, uh, what would have been, what was called the, the death ray. Yeah. Uh, which, which, which again, it, it, it wasn't. And, uh, uh, uh and, and in fact, there, there was another show that I wasn't a part of that uh, ran on, I think it was the Discovery Channel, where they the, they were looking into Tesla's idea of, of a death ray. But rather than actually uh, looking at uh, 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 what Tesla was writing about and, and uh, the, the patents that were available to him, they just basically put up, threw up a, a giant Tesla coil <laughs> that uh, had a, had a like a, an antenna on it that would focus the uh, the electricity a little more and, and use that, saying that that was Tesla's uh, 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 death beam. I mean, they flew a drone next to it and it got struck by you know a bolt of uh, of electricity off of this uh, uh, antenna and like yeah yeah see uh, definitely uh, Tesla's idea though was more along the lines of a particle beam weapon uh, where. They would you would actually use I can't 
can't remember what what it is, what it was, you know, uh, uh, titanium or, or or something something like that that would uh, then would be taken apart by the highly concentrated electrical field, and that same field, uh, the, the the negative and positive aspects of it could then be shot out using like a barrel. Uh, at uh, at an extremely almost uh, a speed of light, uh, uh, very. I mean, Tesla came up with this in probably the twenties, and you know, and then you know he worked on the idea through the thirties and forties up to the time of his death, way way ahead of his time with this idea, and um, he actually. He tried to interest uh, the United States and various other governments uh, 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 at the very start of World War II because he said this was a great defensive weapon that you know you could use it to shoot uh, 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 planes, especially you know planes, uh, and then later missiles, you know, out of the air at a great distance uh, uh, using this, you know, more of a defensive weapon than an offensive weapon. He actually managed to sell it to the Soviet Union through a front company that was here in the United States. And uh, uh, the, the, the Soviet Union, a couple of years later, I guess they were so happy with uh, uh, the development that they were doing that they actually gave him more money uh, afterwards. That's, you know, you don't. That's one of these little secrets that you don't don't hear about because everyone said that later on in Tesla's life that you know he basically was broke and uh, uh, living in his apartment uh, uh, feeding the uh, feeding the pigeons all the time. But actually, uh, up to the time of his death, he was still conducting experiments at a laboratory there at the uh, the New Yorker hotel that he was living at. And uh, and selling you know his ideas to uh, uh, various uh, entities. So after he died, years later, when the whole Star Wars Defense Initiative was taking place, after Reagan said, "Why can't we you know put up uh, satellites that can shoot uh, uh, missiles out of the sky?" Wright-Patterson Air Force Base uh, sent a letter to the FBI, and we know this because this came out during the uh, from a Freedom of Information Act, wanting to know if the FBI still had Tesla's papers dealing with his particle beam weapon, and the FBI replied back. Well, we actually weren't the ones who confiscated all of his papers. It was actually the uh, what was it? The Office of Office of Alien Property, which was you know uh, uh, they confiscated Tesla stuff on behalf of the the FBI. Um, wow. So yeah. So uh, and 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 the and Wright Patterson, uh, you know, they weren't the they weren't the only ones. I mean, there there were other apparently other places uh, uh, asking for this information, and and apparently somebody still had it, had at least some of it, because uh, again, there are various information acts that indicate that uh, Wright Patterson did get something 
and some other uh, government agencies, other you know laboratories, uh, uh, receive some of these lost journals of, of Teslas uh, that were still being kept by who knows, you know, what, what, what was keeping it. Uh, so I mean, there's a, that. That's 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 probably a really good example of of te- some of Tesla's technology that, while may have not have been workable in his day, eventually technology caught up to him. And and you know, and that's one of the things that I talk about you know quite a bit when it comes to Tesla because you know Tesla you know, people say oh well you know yeah. people always say oh Tesla had these these wild ideas that that weren't workable and you know Tesla had these ideas that they were workable just not when he was alive technology had not caught up with him yet. Uh, yeah. it, 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 it wasn't until later Years later, in fact, that you know some of his stuff, people would be you know, because you would have some of these government laboratories trying to get patents issued on some of their stuff, only to be told, "Oh, well, sorry, Tesla beat you to it." <laughs> and so, so then they were able to to take that ball and run with it and continue, you know, development, you know, whatever it was that they they were working on. So yeah, the, uh, the 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 particle beam weapon, and another aspect of this, the the, the Soviet Union, there was actually a, a satellite photograph taken in the 1980s of a location in the Soviet Union where uh, the the satellite photographed this 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 odd structure. Uh, at this facility and nobody could quite figure out what it was until finally uh, somebody who obviously had knowledge about Tesla said, hey, wait, this is a Tesla particle beam. And and, uh, obviously this came about from, you know, part of, you know, when Tesla sold uh, his blueprints to the Soviet Union uh, in, you know, the early 19... You know, probably the early earliest days of World War II and was maybe a more you know like a modern version of it again 1984 so you know how far along you know yeah. have have they and we and you know probably other you know, because that kind of information does not stay secret for long no you know, especially when it comes to the military and government we may not know anything about it uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but we know some of it, and the Brits know some of it, and the French know some of it, and the Germans know some of it. Right, exactly. Now, I, I want to the, the particle beam weapon, or the death ray, or the death laser, whatever they want to call it, <laughs> to get it an image in people's heads that it, it's tough to wrap your head around because it sounds so science fiction. So I'm going to go to the world of science fiction. Do you think the what it was intended to be or potentially could be would be something along the lines of like the phasers on a Star Trek ship or like the uh, the Death Star in Star Wars, the beam the Death Star shoots? I mean, is it something along those lines? Uh, no, because those those are actually that that would be you know like uh, 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 like an electromagnetic beam or or uh, or, or a laser you know a highly intense uh, a beam of light you know Tesla's particle beam would be more along the lines of 
say like a a bolt of lightning with a million bullets in it. So it's like Zeus fucking your shit up. Right. But wow. as you know, a, a, along with that bolt of electricity, you have a million bullets in it. Of course, these bullets are like almost microscopic in size. But you know, you have a million of them hitting you. All you know, it would tear anything apart. It's not Zeus only, with shrapnel. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so not only would you have this oh, this, this this massive jolt of electricity. You would also have the the you know the the whatever the um, whatever the ele- element that was used titanium or yeah I, my my mind is drawing a blank right now of what the original conception was but it would have been some kind of of of, of metal that could be easily taken apart you know by this uh, 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 you know intense electromagnetic field and then shot along with this bolt of electricity. Oh, it's so insane. Now, I, I know we're running long already because this stuff, I, I could literally do this for hours and hours and hours, but I got to get to a couple more points before we wrap it up. One, you tease Donald Trump coming back into the life of Tesla somehow. You got to go there. You got to tell us that. Right. Okay. Um, Tesla's last days were spent living at a hotel, the Hotel New Yorker in, in New York. All right. Uh, at this point, he, he was pretty old. He had heart problems. He uh, he was at the very pretty eccentric at this point. But you know, then again, you know, when when we all reach that age, uh, we probably all would be to a certain extent. Yeah. However, um, he still uh, uh, he, he wasn't broke. Not only was he still getting money from his inventions, but th- there were also people who uh, uh, were giving him money uh, just because they were benefactors. You know, uh, they they knew who Tesla was, and uh, and a lot of them had gotten you know their families had gotten rich off of Tesla's uh, you know in, in, invention. So I mean, you know, there was still money coming into him. Tesla still had a laboratory in. The uh, New Yorker. Nobody knows this, but uh, uh, he was still conducting uh, experiments at this laboratory. The FBI also had agents stationed in the New Yorker, living in various apartments around Tesla's apartment. Keep an eye on him uh, because uh, there there were threats from, especially uh, the Nazis. Of of uh, uh, potential of him potentially being kidnapped. Hitler was fascinated by Tesla and wa- and, and uh, attempted, I guess, a couple of times to, if they couldn't get a hold of his work, they were going to get the guy. You know, there there was a spy operation, Nazi spy operation, all up and down the East Coast, and there was this worry that they were going to try to get Tesla and spirit him out of the country for his his knowledge. So after Tesla passed away, it's 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 well known that uh, uh, the the United States government, uh, using the Office of Foreign Property, uh, which is odd because uh, Tesla was a uh, naturalized American citizen at that point, uh, came in and took everything that they could get their hands on, not only out of Tesla's apartment, which he actually he had 
uh, he was living in two apartments that were right next door to each other, so he had a lot bigger space than uh, people think about. But he also had a warehouse full of his notes, journals, everything else that he had over the years uh, that, that he couldn't keep in this apartment. So they came in, took everything that they could get their hands on, and uh, uh, had a gentleman by the name who was a, an MIT scientist by the name of John Trump. John Trump was the uncle of Donald Trump. All right. Now, John Trump was also a, 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 an, ex, an expert on electricity and, in fact, uh, was uh, 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 was part of the development of the atomic bomb and nuclear energy, except that uh, Trump's original idea was that uh, uh, to use um, Van de Graaff generators to generate the power uh, uh, for these uh, nuclear reactors. And Tesla basically blew him out of the water saying that you would need a Van de Graaff generator about 30 feet tall in order to generate enough uh, <laughs> power for uh, a nuclear reactor when one of my Tesla coils, no bigger than three feet, uh, could you know could generate enough electricity to power two or three of them. So already, see, you know, once again, you know, we have this uh, these these egos in play here. So the United States government had uh, Mr. Trump come in and look at all of this material to determine what Tesla had that may be of value. Uh, uh, Mr. Trump, I guess, spent less than two days, really it was about a day and a half, going through this material, enough which uh, I've heard would have filled at least two railroad cars full uh, of material. So in less than a day and a half, he, he reported back that uh, there was nothing of interest here. Most of uh, Tesla's stuff had uh, dealt with uh, uh, philosophical uh, things and nothing of scientific uh, origin. However, <laughs> he also made sure that uh, this stuff would be uh, sent to uh, various other locations, you know, in Washington, you know, uh, wherever, that nobody else could, could look at it uh, 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 without uh, government approval. So, obviously, there was something going on here with this material that uh, uh, we weren't uh, privy to, to, to know about. The official story was, nothing to see here, folks. You know, that's it. Uncle Trump was also saying, I know more than the generals. I know more than everybody. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. The interesting thing is, is that, uh, you know, in the years afterwards, uh, apparently there was, uh, there there were other bits of of material of Tesla's that um, uh, some of his laboratory assistants, uh, 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 valets, people like that worked closely with Tesla over the years, had a hold of and uh, uh, that, that Tesla had said, you know, keep this stuff um, you know it, it may be valuable someday and these people had written the United States government saying, you know, I've got a basement full of this stuff is it of value and then immediately you know, the, the, the government would swoop in and take it. Yeah, No, it's worth uh, yeah, nothing, it, we'll take it 
Exactly, and that's exactly that's exactly what what happened. Um, you know, the odd thing about it is is that uh, uh, years later, some of this stuff was actually released to uh, then communist Yugoslavia for uh, to to put into their Tesla museum, which has a lot of people stymied on. You know, if this material was so valuable, why would the United States government allow it? to uh, go to uh, you know what obviously was a, you know a, a Soviet puppet state uh, you know the only thing the only thing that I can think of is that at that point they had already copied everything that they needed and probably had taken out anything that would be considered of any military value um, and sent or it just could be that at that point people had already forgotten you know uh, who Tesla was and how valuable his material was, and and you know when the Yugoslavia government petitioned, hey, can we have this stuff? You know, somebody just went like, who? Yeah, go ahead, take it. Now it could yeah. also be that U.S. government knew, ah, oh, this is shit that the Soviets already have. Yep, yep, could be. Now, quick be. quick side note to this: Did he keep his notes and journals in English? Tesla was not a big. Uh, uh, note and journal taker. Uh, 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 the, the the material that we have that we know that he wrote is in English, okay. but his handwriting is very hard to read. Uh, the majority of his material was actually written by his assistants and engineers and people who were working for him uh, uh, because Tesla just did not like to take the time to sit down and write this stuff down because you have to remember, you know, Tesla had an eidetic memory and he had this ability where if he was working on something, and this, this happened with the AC motor, you know, when he was mulling this over, he would suddenly have a vision where he would almost see like a holographic projection in front of him of the completed item. Uh, and, and with his mind, he could turn it in any direction. He could take it apart. It was, he, he said he, he, could, he could see it like it was real right in front of him. So with that kind of ability, at times he didn't feel it was necessary to actually uh, uh, write this down on you know two-dimensional paper. So he would leave that up to you know his assistants and engineers, you know when they were filing you know for for a patent to to uh, and blueprints to uh, uh, to do that for him. So, but, so insane. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, the material that we do have that does have his handwriting, it, it is in English, but it's extremely difficult to read. So is mine, so. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> um, another quick point I want to get to before I get to the last point. Um, what about, we know about his relations with Edison, obviously, but mm-hmm. did he have any dealings with uh, an Einstein or an Oppenheimer? at the beginning of the war. Mm-hmm. Well, um, to a certain extent, um, uh, kind of like, kind of like Einstein. Now, uh, uh, Tesla had, had some run-ins with the, the, the newly emerging, uh, uh, quantum physics, uh, uh, physicist, and which, which Tesla, 
thought was basically, you know, this this is just crap. You know, this he didn't see he it, it, it just it, it just didn't work with him and 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 he had some uh, he had some harsh words uh, early on with Einstein as well but however uh, 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 the two of them actually ate up and, and wrote letters back and forth to each other uh, 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 discussing various uh, theories uh, uh, especially when it came to cosmology because uh, you know Tesla had an interest in how in in gravity. Uh, how gravity works, uh, you know, how the universe works, and, uh, and and was discussing this with with Einstein up until the day uh, that he died, and and both of them pretty much agreed that they couldn't understand this this newfangled uh, 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 quantum theory that was coming out. But you know, I mean, you're you're, you're dealing with. You know, uh, both of these guys, you know, we're, we're, we're dealing with a, you know, completely different aspects of 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 science and and how they understood it and how they conceived how the universe uh, worked. You know, uh, Tesla, uh, you know, he thought that there, that there was a good possibility of of what was called at the time the ether, uh, which was some kind of a uh, 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 medium that uh, permeates the universe that allows light, electricity, electromagnetism, uh, uh, radiation uh, to be able to uh, to, to travel. Um, they you know they they pretty much prove that the ether doesn't exist. But you know now they're talking about. Uh, dark matter, dark energy, and you know, you look at some of the descriptions that they have uh, currently. You know, modern physicists have about these things, and it sounds suspiciously a lot like, you know, what uh, people like Tesla were calling the ether, you know, in the day. So, uh, you know, I, I again, this kind of goes back to the idea that, uh, you know, Tesla had ideas. And theories that he really couldn't take much further because technology and and physics hadn't caught up with him, or you know he hadn't caught up with them. Uh, but but now, you know, are these are, are are these new ideas about physics and how the universe works only confirming what uh, what Tesla and some of these other guys were were suggesting in these in their days, except that they were using the terminology that was available to them at the time. It is. It is crazy. That and that leads me to my, to my last point. I want to get to because I know I'm taking up so much of your time. Um, if Tesla were to have lived into the space age, hmm. do you think he would have been a key component there, or do you think that was something that he he wouldn't have given a shit about because it wouldn't really have impacted our everyday lives? Oh, I, I, I think that Tesla would have been very interested, you know, in in the space age, you know, because, you know, once again, you have the story of uh, when he had his laboratory at Colorado Springs, where uh, he picked up uh, what he said was an intelligent radio transmission that wasn't coming from the Earth. And, and of course, this would have been, you know, what, 1898? There shouldn't have been any other radio uh, uh, transmitters on the planet at the time, yet he was picking up something that was coming from space, 
that he thought maybe you know could have been uh, coming from Mars. I mean that that was his suggestion. You know, of course, at that time, Mars was probably the most likely candidate uh, for for having intelligent life uh, in the solar system. So you know, he speculated, hey, maybe you know maybe it was coming from Mars. So yeah, I mean, I think that if Tesla had lived into modern era or if he had been born maybe a little bit later and was able to uh, bring his, his, his genius into the space age, he definitely would have been interested in, in what was going on. He probably been, would have been right up there uh, uh, trying to help uh, develop uh, uh, rockets and 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 how satellites could operate in the space and and in fact Tesla probably would have tried to take it a step further uh, because Tesla was one of the first guys who uh, uh, who who came across uh, uh, what we would now know as uh, field propulsion or anti gravity uh, and, and I think that he would have uh, have really have loved to have been able to develop that even further. For for use into uh, 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 space travel. Yeah, he'd have been the one to been able to uh, figure out warp technology. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he probably he probably could if uh, you know if he had the um, uh, 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 the, the education and uh, uh, the knowledge base that uh, that would be available to somebody like him now. I mean, he had the type of mind that could make those connections to to make something like warp technology a possibility. I, I do believe that. So, time for the rapid-fire question round. <laughs> One, do you want a Tesla car? <laughs> My daughter does. <laughs> she yeah, 14 you know 14 oh, 15 now oh my gosh you know oh, when are we gonna get tesla cars like, well as soon as we live in a community that actually has uh charging stations <laughs> that's right tell her we have a tesla book that i wrote here they, yeah she don't care about that <laughs> no of course not and uh another rapid fire question um do you see tesla becoming a bigger cult uh pop culture icon in the next decade Oh gosh, I hope so. I really hope so. I mean, it's it's so exciting to see. I mean, since the time that I wrote Lost Journals of Nikola Tesla, which I mean, I started writing it in 1999, and it, it finally came out in what 2000 uh, 2001. You know, the at that time, you know, nobody knew about Tesla, and, and now look, I mean, oh my gosh, I mean, he's in Doctor he's in Doctor Who, and there's been movies made where, you know, he's a character in this. So, I mean, I really do hope to see more and more interest, uh, not only in a pop culture level, but just, you know, in an educational level especially. You know, I, I, I want schools to teach about him. I want people to learn about him. And and maybe you'll get the, you know, new great minds who want to, who will want to emulate Tesla. Tesla, be like Tesla, and uh, and use their minds to uh, to to think. I hate to use this term to think outside the box. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, going back to the very beginning of the interview, you know, he was told by his professors this can't be done, and he was pretty much like, "Eh, it's going to be done." Yeah, exactly. they need the world needs more Teslas. Right. Um, and I'm going to pass this to Lauren now because Lauren, you've been awfully quiet there. I see you like going 
just like nodding your head and shaking your head at these things like it's so you know mind-blowing to you do you have any questions before we let tim go yes it's just when you were speaking about his thought processes um not so much about the eidetic memory but the thing about visualizing the thing as if it was solid and being able to take it apart as if it was a hologram in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, they are common traits in people that do have autism. And while it's impossible to say that Tesla was on the spectrum or had any sort of um, neurodivergence like that, is there a possibility that he could have been neuro- neurodivergent? Right, you know, because... Mm-hmm. It does. It does seem that he did have a lot of the similar traits as somebody that did have high functioning, high functioning autism. I, I I do. I mean, you know, it's 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 easy to be, you know, uh, an armchair doctor looking at uh, uh, looking at him based on his life and and, and descriptions by people who knew him. But I, I do suspect that uh you know if he were around today that 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 he probably would be considered you know uh high functioning extremely high functioning on the spectrum and uh, uh as as he got older as i've said before some of these uh qualities became more apparent um, you know, I mean, he uh, he was obsessed with certain numbers, uh, three, six, and nine, which he felt had uh, some kind of, of, uh, of mathematical significance in the uh, uh, the makeup of the universe. Uh, however, uh, he had to, he was very um, fastidious when it came to his meals. Uh, he had to have a certain number of silverware, certain number of napkins set in in front of him. Uh, he, there, he was very fastidious when it came to um, his dress, cleanliness, things like that. However, you turn that around, he he loved pigeons. He would go to the park to feed pigeons every day. He would let them crawl all over him. So, you know, it's interesting that some aspects of his life he would uh, uh, would be very um, manic about, and yet others he really didn't he really didn't seem to care. But but yes, I mean, you know, I, I think that we do we see that in a lot of uh, of great minds that uh, uh, there there seems to be you know like a very fine line. Uh, as has been uh, you know, said between uh, 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 somebody on the spectrum and what would be considered normal, uh, which I don't believe in. None of us are normal. Right. I, I certainly, I, I'm certainly not. <laughs> it's just, I just, I'm just speaking as um, somebody that does that is on the spectrum themselves, and, and the thing is, like visualizing something so strongly, um, that used to happen to me a lot when I was like reading books. Is like I was there. And like it was happening right in front of me, like a hologram. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like why I thought maybe. And I, I guess it's a bit like Sherlock Holmes as well. He was fastidious in cleanliness, but then when he was working, he let everything go because he was focused on the the hyper focus was on the job rather than himself. It would it would be interesting. And I don't know if anybody has ever really done this. Of course, you know, again, it would just be on speculation. You know, if, if, if somebody who is, uh, you know, familiar 
uh, uh, with uh, uh, people like this, if if they could examine uh, what was written about Tesla, and you know, maybe come up with an idea that uh, you know, if, if if he was or wasn't, you know. Well, see, I think the three, six, and nine session is because he he was a New Yorker. And those are significant numbers to the New York Yankees because they are the retired numbers of uh, Babe Ruth, uh, Joe Torre, and Roger Maris. So I think that's all that is. <laughs> Could very well be. <laughs> Sorry, Lauren, had one a baseball one. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> um, we are going to let you go now because we've been going way longer than I told you we would. But please promise me you will come back on the show again because... Um, not just the subject of Tesla, but you are one of the most fun guests in the world. We love having you on. Absolutely, yes. I agree. Oh, my pleasure. I, you know, at any any time you want me on, just let me know. Be more than happy to. And and you know, I mean, we can talk about you know some of the things that you know we had, you know we'd mentioned before. I'm I'm sitting here right now wearing a a, a t-shirt. That's uh, got a, a Japanese movie poster of uh, Frankenstein Conquers the World. Oh, I'll it. do horror movies with you. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, what I'm going to do is call this a completed show right now, because I know it's really late for you, Lauren. It is. It's nearly midnight. It's quarter oh, to midnight. Goodness. Yes. <laughs> Lauren is not a vampire, though, so she will be going to bed. Um, so. Who am I? Who knows? <laughs> now, before we sign off, tell everybody the name of the book, where to get it, um, you know, promote the book. Let's sell more <laughs> copies of this book. <laughs> well, uh, the book is The Lost Journals of Nikola Tesla. Uh, you can find it, uh, probably the easiest is to uh, find it on uh, Amazon. Uh, it's uh, it, it, it it a lot of times it's at you know it's at your favorite bookstore, but I mean, you know for immediate gratification you can find it on Amazon both as a uh, print and Kindle version. Like I said, uh, we put it out in 2001. It has not been out of print since that time, and we've actually uh, gone and added new material as it's come by uh, you know over the years. So I'm gonna buy so, another uh, copy now. Yeah, well, it all depends when you bought uh, your last copy. <laughs> Ten years ago? Oh well, you know, I think we, I think we may have updated a little bit, uh, you know, since then, because uh, I mean, it's go. you know, over the over the last ten years is when I I started doing the research on the possibility of the uh, um, Nazi spies on the East Coast. Uh, trying to get a hold of of Tesla's material because of the interest in the whole uh, field propulsion uh, technology that may have been used with the whole uh, you know DeGlockin, uh, uh technology that uh, that they were working on. So I mean that that may have uh, uh, been part of te- Tesla technology that had been uh, uh, squirreled away. Uh, and, and taken to Europe from from the United States. So. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, the, the, listen, folks, this guy's amazing. Okay, Emmy Award winner, genius, hell of a nice guy. Doesn't have a Tesla, but we'll forgive him for that. <laughs> Tim Schwartz, as always, it is such a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Well, thank you very much. You know, I I always have a great time talking with you and Lauren on this show. Don't worry about if you know if you think that we've gone beyond the time that you told me because once you get me started, 
once you get me started talking, you can't shut me up. So I'm the same know, way. Can I'm, you tell? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just as much uh, to blame for that. So. <laughs> well, we will be talking to you soon. And any topics you ever want to talk about, you let us know and we'll we'll do a show. All right. That sounds good. All right, Tim. I'll talk to you later. And Lauren, it's time to say goodnight. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think you should uh, get ready. Tell, tell a bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, then I'll just say from Brian in Buffalo. And Lauren in Swansea. Good night. Good night. Yeah, we have a problem with Brian asking about pants.